0: Hi, my name is Myra, and I'm studying video production in summer school this year. I'll be a 7th grader when school starts. You're listening to the SMY Podcast. Thank you for that introduction, Myra. Video production is one of my favorite classes in our summer school enrichment program here in South Milwaukee. Students have some great teachers, get to use their creativity in their videos, and learn some skills that are pretty relevant to today's workspace. Knowing how to block out a scene, edit video, and control for sound or something that I do on almost a daily basis. We're living in a visual world, and people who can create compelling videos have a leg up. Also, it's fun and a great summer experience for our students. Welcome to Season 2 of the SMY Podcast. Today, we're introducing South Milwaukee's new superintendent, Deidre Raymer. We'll hear a little bit about her family, her career, where she's been, and what led her to South Milwaukee. I'll ask her about her first impressions of the district and the city, about what we should celebrate, and what we need to work on. Spoiler alert, she's hit the ground running. I'll also ask her about the state's education budget, what's changed since our last podcast episode, and what that means for South Milwaukee. Here's Deidre. Deidre Raymer, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: So... um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where where you came from and why you're here? Sure.
1: Um, so I am Deidre Raymer, and I am proud to get to serve as the superintendent for the school district of South Milwaukee. My background um, goes back many, many years to when I started teaching and I started actually I went to college at UW-Madison. Um, grew up in Illinois, but don't hold that against me. Um, and then I chose to go to school at UW Madison, and I was in a program for school psychology. And I was in a school, and these couple of doing some fieldwork, and these students were always in the hallway. And I was like, "Why are those kids always in the hallway?" And I started asking some questions about that um, to discover that they were students with identified as having emotional and behavioral disabilities. So they had some really challenging skills undeveloped skills around how to manage and how to self-regulate. And I kept asking, why were they never in the classroom? And Mm. got a variety of answers that I thought, oh, that doesn't feel quite right. So I went back to school and changed my major and got my undergraduate degree in special education with an emphasis in working with kids with emotional and behavioral disabilities. Um, And then moved back to Illinois for a little while, and I taught in Waukegan, Illinois, um, in a self-contained setting. So they were students that were excluded from the regular classroom all day long. At a middle school, I had sixth through eighth graders. Some of the finest individuals I've ever met in my life who just didn't have the skills they needed Mm. to be able to function the way everyone else was functioning in the school. And so those are the skills we worked on is their academic skills and their social emotional learning skills. And um, a couple of them I kept in touch with for many, many years after that experience there. Um, From there, I picked up and moved to Hawaii um, because I was young and I could. And living on the beach seemed like a really good idea at the time. And so I taught early childhood education. And Mm -hmm. so I had three and four-year-olds with a variety of disabilities in a full inclusion program with a Head Start class. okay, So I started to work with students who who came from backgrounds of economic disadvantage and really understand what that meant. Um, And Head Start is such a strong program. We actually have a Head Start program in our schools here in South Milwaukee Mm -hmm. through Acelero that's really strong. Um, And the community feel around Head Start and the way we did home visits and really got to know the families that we were serving just taught me a lot around what that, what real family engagement looks like um, and how true inclusionary practice can really change the trajectory for a young person.
0: Yeah. I think we, we wrote about that in the latest Bridges magazine, our uh, SLA program. And uh, the, the kids are just fantastic. I went, uh, if, if people don't know, it's at Blakewood um, school and it looks uh, just like all our other classrooms, uh, you know, we're giving them the space. But um, yeah, talking to folks and talking about the, um, the challenges, just the number of words that a three or four year old whose parents may be working all the time miss out on, um, just catching them up and being ready for uh, school is, is a big lift.
1: Yeah. And the beauty of the way that we do that here in South Milwaukee is it, it we are able to serve a, a majority of South Milwaukee families. Right. So that's an opportunity mm-hmm. for our families to get those early learning experiences and some of the early literacy and the things that we want all students to have access to as they come into our schools Um It's a beautiful partnership. It's free to the community. It doesn't cost us anything, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And with an exchange of space, and it just brings in that community feel to early childhood education, which I think is so,
0: so important. Yeah. So you you were doing that on the beach, and then you left. Yes.
1: And then I left. So again, (laughs) another opportunity. Please don't judge me for that one either. Um, But family things brought me back to this area. And I worked in Milwaukee public schools for a while um, and taught in uh, middle school in Milwaukee public schools. Um, and had a great experience there actually was at an arts integration school. So I started to really learn a lot around the importance of co-curriculars and Career and technical education programs and the arts programs and the value those bring to communities in mm-hmm. a beautiful, beautiful way. Um, and from there, we got transferred a couple of times. So I worked in Iowa for a year and taught both regular ed and special ed. And then I taught in um, just outside of Minneapolis for a year, and then made my home back in the Milwaukee area about eighteen years ago. Um, and. Uh, with my daughter and myself at that time and then got married and had two boys, um, identical twin boys who are going to be in ninth grade this year. My daughter is Big year for you guys. Big yeah. year for us. Yes. Um, and they're having a great experience in school. And so that's been an opportunity To celebrate as they are also identified as having autism, both of them. And um, so that brings opportunities to problem solve for Mm -hmm. their school teams and our home team all the time in this really cool and amazing way. So I've learned a lot of different things and skills around being a parent of students with disabilities and what school actually means and public education in particular Mm -hmm. to serve all students. That has um, been invaluable in the work that I've done. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then during that time, I started to work at the West Dallas, West Milwaukee School District, and I was there for about 17 years off and on as I took a couple of years off when I had my boys.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so I was a special ed teacher, and then I did a lot of work around reading instruction at the middle school level. And then I was an instructional coach and the coordinator of special ed for many years and then became the director of leadership and learning and most recently had been serving as the assistant superintendent. and. Mm. In my time in West Dallas, West Milwaukee, I was really proud of some of the work we did around empowering kids to really start defining life on their own terms post high school. So Mm. how do we leverage their experiences in public education to make sure they're really prepared to go out and become citizens who give back and who have a career that they love and enjoy, regardless of what that was, Mm. right? So how do we increase access and opportunity so that all students are really ready to go when they leave school? And that was a big focus of my work there. Mm. So a lot of the work was around empowering leaders and empowering teachers to feel that confidence and that strength. So those are the classroom communities that we built.
0: Sure. Um, so today is uh, whatever day you're listening to this, but today is day 26. Yeah. Uh, officially being here. But you, you've you kind of been getting to know South Milwaukee for a while.
1: Um, yeah. I had the opportunity to be here quite a bit in the spring. I really wanted to know what schools looked like here when they were in session and get mm-hmm. to meet students and Faculty and things like that. I was drawn to come to South Milwaukee by actually uh, an employee of South Milwaukee who had worked with me in the past who said, I really want you to think about coming to work in South Milwaukee. And at first, I was very happy in what I was doing. So I said, No, I'm good. I'm not really, you know, looking to move on at this time. Mm -hmm. But then I started investigating this little South Milwaukee and fell head over heels in love with this community. It is. Beautiful. And the way that it's a smaller school district than the couple that I've been in most recently is such an opportunity to help bring us together around some things. The way this community, I was at the market last week with um, the Launching a Legacy team that's helping build the fields around mm-hmm. our area. And the way this community comes together around things, the way intergenerational families come together in this community, so amazing.
0: Yeah. You know, people, people say that, uh, every school I've worked at, they talk about, you know, the strength of the community, but all you have to do is look at our, at the, uh, the way we did, um, the sound of music. Um, I was blown away and I work here about just how integrated that whole production was with the community, the musicians, the stage crew, the, um, the choreographers, everybody came, uh, and it's just, just kind of what they do. And, and it's true. Our steam night, the literacy night, um the way this community turns out for things is impressive and and our advocacy night in april yeah
1: Yeah, I would agree. And I wasn't able to be at the advocacy night in April, but I was able to go to the powder puff game and watch the community come together around those sorts of events. And when I look down at the field, the variety of students who were participating, right, Mm -hmm. that says Mm -hmm. a lot about a community when it intends to be inclusive of all people and supports everybody being able to participate and be there. And that's just so beautiful when you get to see that in a community. Um, And then I was able to go to Sound of Music and it it was amazing and such a lovely production. You would not have necessarily thought you were at a high school play in yeah. that moment in time. Um, so that was great. And so that's a lot of what more and more kind of drew me to this community. And one of the biggest things for me in choosing to and luckily being selected as a candidate, but also mm-hmm. choosing to come to South Milwaukee was my um, part of the interview process was a tour of the high school mm-hmm. by four students. And I asked them. Lots, I probably asked them more questions than they asked me if they were intended to be an interview or not. I'm not sure. But I asked them a ton of questions. And I asked them questions about what they were proud of of this community and the experience they've had in our schools. And the answers they gave just affirmed that this is such an amazing place to be and to get to work. And so mm. I was fortunate that, again, it worked out that I get to be the next candidate yeah. here. What did they say? Um, yeah, they talked about the celebration of the diversity in this community, mm. Which for high school kids to share about that was pretty impressive to me. Yeah, Um, and then they talked about the leadership opportunities that each one had been engaged in, and it was four students from four different you know ran in different circles or whatnot, but each could talk about the way they were really. Um, pushed to develop leadership skills and the way they were pushed to really leverage their experiences in high school mm. so that they were ready to go do their next thing. And a couple of them were seniors, and one was planning to go on to a four-year college, and one was going into the military, and then a couple were juniors. Who I've been able to see a couple of times since I've been here in the spring. Um, and just the way they talked about their personal development And the experiences they had had in the schools, I thought that is something we should all be celebrating. Sure. That's a wow. Okay, so we're getting it right for lots of kids here in South Milwaukee. And then I also had the opportunity to hear about some of the things the community would like us to continue working on. Mm -hmm. Right. And some things that need some refinement and some development, which every organization has those but the ones that are more of a need here are also things that i've been able to develop some skills in over the last couple of years so i'm excited to marry those two things
0: yeah so let's talk about that a little bit what um what do you see um that you want to bring to south milwaukee
1: um yeah i think so one of the things that as i asked employees and i asked in the interview again a bunch of questions is people keep saying that we need a clear direction And we don't have Mm -hmm. a strategic plan yet in South Milwaukee. And there has been some the start to developing one. But what does this community really want to see for our schools when it comes to our long term fiscal stability, Mm -hmm. when it comes to how we engage families in the community, when it comes to how do we recruit and retain high quality employees in every area? And then for the student experience, the most important part of what we do, what defines that for us? So we have some kids having a great experience in our CTE programming. Mm -hmm. We have some kids having a great experience in the student leadership programming. We have some kids having a great experience in different opportunities we provide. But they don't know that we're to the point where every student is able to say that same thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. something that the team here has been working on for a little while are some of those inclusionary practices on behalf of all students. But in particular, our students with disabilities are identified as having services here. And that's some work that needs some refinement and some growth. That was something that the Teachers Association and several other groups I met with in the spring identified as an area for growth. And so I bring a Pretty strong background in that work to the organization. And I've had a lot of experience in developing a strategic plan Mm. that allows us to look at some three to five year goals and then some one year markers so that we can be really transparent with the full community and the people, the taxpayers in this area around what are we actually working on in our schools and how do we share that with them so that they know the value of the work that we do here every single day.
0: Sure. Yeah. You know, until I worked in schools, I never appreciated the value of a plan like that, where having um, having two or three statements that everybody across your organization knows are our our goals and what our values are. And just taking a minute to explore those and suss out what we really care about um, is super valuable. Um, so I know that takes work, but um, yeah, I see where you're coming from.
1: Well, and it's an opportunity to really engage people from every avenue of the organization, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The taxpayer in our community can be on a strategic planning committee that doesn't currently have kids in our schools.
0: Right, right.
1: Parents of students and guardians of students that have students in our schools also can be part of that committee. And then employees from every employee group, because it's important that our facility staff and our secretary staff and our paraprofessional staff and our teaching staff have a voice and what happens next within our community and in our district. And that I think is, it's a way to bring people together and then give us a focus Mm -hmm. so that we know what we're working on and we can stick to it um, and really master some things as um, schools aren't always great at sticking to one thing. Things tend to change pretty quickly, but a strategic plan allows us to center our work around some common goals.
0: Yeah. I, and you know, you can't do everything. And that's where the resources are not unlimited. Uh, and one thing that we've been talking about a lot all spring uh, is our budget and how how that's evolved from what the school board hoped uh, the legislature would pass, what our community advocated for, and ultimately what the governor signed this, this spring and summer, I guess. Um, I'm interested in your take on it. What is... Uh, what is what? Did we learn since our last time we've talked about it? And what does that mean for us?
1: Um, yeah. So, of course, you know, the the public ask and the, the advocacy around the way schools have been funded by the legislature in the last couple of years was we were asking for more um, than what we received. We ended up receiving $325 per pupil, mm-hmm. which is a larger number than what we have seen in recent years. But it's not enough to make up that gap of some of the zero per pupil increases that we had seen in some of the prior years. So while we are grateful that we have that that dollar amount is higher than it has been in recent years. Right now, it's not enough to close some of the gaps that Mm -hmm. we're going to have in our current budget. And we are really fortunate here in the school district of South Milwaukee that the community has elected a board. That is dedicated to high quality experiences for our kids and retaining those first and foremost, and then making sure that our staff have what they need and we can support retaining high quality teachers here and high quality employees in all areas and Try to navigate a budget. And Mm -hmm. so, like you said, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And it's one pot of money, so it can do anything, but it can't do everything. And that'll be the process that we work on in this next year. Mm-hmm. Um, to try to navigate um, some of the way we had forecasted the budget versus the 325 per people that ended up coming in, that has allowed us to have um, run a we're running a bit of a deficit budget right now out of our fund balance. And so that deficit is smaller than it would have been.
0: Yeah, so it yep.
1: helped. Right. It mitigated part of the problem, but it has not solved it for us here in South Milwaukee. And um, one of the things that we were really advocating for was an increase in reimbursement for the students with special needs. Mm -hmm. Um, We are providing some great services here. And while they we can always grow in that area, we are doing our very best to meet the needs of those students. But those experiences are costly, right? And that's where there's a reimbursement from the state for those things. It's disappointing that there weren't more dollars dedicated to that area in particular, Mm -hmm. Um, but we are where we are. And the increase there went from 30% reimbursement to 33, a little over 33. So it did certainly help, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't solved our short-term budget issue. And so we're working together as a team and we'll start to engage staff in the community and what really are our priorities here that we need to be sure we protect as we have to reduce some expenditures right now. Sure. Um, and what does that mean for the broader community? Because I think... One of the things, you know, there's a teacher shortage across the nation, and we are blessed to have some really high-quality educators here in the school district of South Milwaukee. But as neighboring districts are able to offer different compensation packages or increases or things like that, we have to make sure that we can stay competitive, Mm -hmm. right, but be reasonable to what our budget is able to do to make sure that we can retain and recruit the
0: highest-quality employees here. Sure. So the biggest um, you'd said short term budget the the biggest thing that has changed since the last time we talked about this with with Dan Arnold, our business manager uh, director, was um, kind of the 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 trick that the governor has the ability to use with his veto and selecting certain words and changing and what what really changed from last time we talked was that 325 was for two years and with this, with the swipe of the pen. Uh, Our governor made it 400 years. What what does that mean?
1: Yeah. um, And again, it's an interesting way that the veto power that's gotten some national attention that the governor here in Wisconsin has. And that's been used in the past by previous governors as well. So we'll Mm -hmm. see if that holds up in the courts. Right, Right. And my guess is that'll get challenged, but we'll see if it holds up in throughout the system. Um, What that means for us is the predictability around a budget long term means that in eight to 10 years, as we now are able to project out that far, knowing what our income will be Mm -hmm. technically, how that all works, um, that really does mitigate some of the shortfalls that our budget has. In the short term, we're still going to face some really significant challenges, but that actually helps us in the long run Mm -hmm. get back to a balanced budget here in South Milwaukee. So that's the beauty of what that decision did. The other thing that it did, if again, assuming that that stays right, yeah. the other yeah. thing that it did for us is provided some predictability in the budget. The challenge in school budgets is they're reliant on the biennium budget. So you, you we don't always know expenses start at the start of a fiscal year, which is July 1. Right. right? right. And on July 1, we do not always know what we are going to be receiving from the state. So every other year, you're in a bit of a guessing game for lack of a better term on what the what your dollars that you have to work with are going to be Mm -hmm. and at that point you can't wait to hire teachers or other things which is the biggest expense that school districts have until then or you won't have again high quality instructors in front of our students each day so that's the difficulty in planning for school district budgets is that that lack of predictability that's a great thing that that provided to your local neighborhood public school is some predictability for long longer-term planning, again, assuming that it sticks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So just for listeners that may not have religiously listened to this podcast, that um, our budget, uh, the preliminary budget est- estimated, best guess, was two hundred, an increase of $200 per student. So that's what that's what that budget was. So like you said it, the deficit spending that the board decided shrunk when it went up to 325, but that still um, leaves that gap. But, but now if it's predictable, if it holds up, if more leg- legislation isn't passed, it negates that 325 every year for the foreseeable future.
1: Yeah, it makes up some of the gap of the increase, you know, inflationary costs for a school district go up just like they do for our local community, right? Yeah. So... Um, gas and electric is more expensive for us than it was a year ago. And employee benefits are more expensive than they were a year ago. And um, so those things go up. And when you don't have that increase in funding, then that's the challenge. And Mm -hmm. school districts, you know, we can't Get fund, you know, we're not by statute allowed to just go seek funding from other avenues. We can't do certain things. So that becomes, you know, the work that we get to do here is how to be as fiscally responsible as we can with the local taxpayer dollars, mm-hmm. right, to be sure that we are engaged creating the experiences for kids in our schools that create a stronger community. Mm-hmm. The strong schools create a strong community and that's what they do. We create citizens that come back and contribute to this community. Sure. And again, that's a beauty of South Milwaukee is that there are so many people who choose to come back and live and work in this community if they've chosen to go off to two year or four year colleges or they live and work in this community right out of high school. Yeah. Um, it's a such a strength of this community in south milwaukee Um, and so our job becomes how do we center what the community needs and is looking for in creating those citizens who come back to contribute
0: Mm. okay so we um we talked strategic planning we talked uh budgeting which is every superintendent and boards concern every year what what else is there other things you're thinking of for us
1: um, I think I've heard a bit around the concern around some student behaviors, which is actually very true across the nation right now. Um, it's just the nature of a shift in the way people are interacting with one another at the present moment. And I've spent a lot of time in the schools in the spring and um didn't see some of the the things that people had brought forward as concerns, like the term out of control or things like that. I personally spent hours in our middle school and our high school, and I didn't see any behavior that I would indicate as that, but I know there are concerns. Mm -hmm. And I know we've seen an increase in the number of students behaving unpredictably in schools and so the board has adopted the sel competencies and our state has a really good system and and resources around helping kids learn those sel competencies and those are so important and sel stands for social emotional learning right because they they help people how do we help kids develop better communication skills so, they don't feel the need to have explosive or unpredictable behavior? How do we help students develop better skills in self regulation? Mm-hmm. How do we help and how do we do that in conjunction with their families, right? Because our students and our families are important. And it is a true partnership to make sure that we're working together to create the citizens in our community. So how do we balance the time we need to be spending on some of our core academics, but also start building in some more time for our kids to really develop those independent skills. Yeah. And for our students to have some good strategies around managing their mental wellness, good strategies around how do they regulate so that we're not seeing some of those unpredictable behaviors. And the increase in the number of incidents of bullying, that's Mm -hmm. concerning. It's concerning across the nation and has been expressed as a concern here in the school district of South Milwaukee. So we already have um, a team working on How do we get some resources to families and to students? How do we ensure we're addressing bullying Mm -hmm. and documenting some of the processes around that To So that families know we are addressing some of those concerns. We can't prevent every incident of student behavior, but we certainly can look at incidents as they've happened and make sure that families are feeling safe and students are feeling safe in our schools. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have some work to do around what our process and what our communication is going to be around those things and then how do we teach skills around making sure that if there is a situation of bullying that it doesn't repeat right right that's right. really what we need to make sure that we have some some plans around and so we've a small group already that's doing some work around what would an anti-bullying curriculum look like or what would the development of some skills to ensure that kids aren't feeling the need to do that mm-hmm. but if it does happen that we have a quick response to those things how do we make sure that everybody knows it is something that we are addressing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And um, just what I've learned about our social emotional learning program and, you know, um, some of those behavioral things that we talk about, um, those are life skills that, you know, we used to take for granted, got taught at home or at church or somewhere else. And um, there are clear, demonstrable things that, that are a skill that can be picked up and used your whole life to keep relationships together, um, and repairing relationships because we all have to live together and work together. Um, so, so that's really encouraging. Um, you know, often a community, um, has trouble, uh, looking in the mirror and seeing some of the the great things that are going on yeah. too. Um, Um, because, you know, when you see yourself on camera, you immediately pick out the flaws. So as an outsider now, a new insider, what do you see that needs to be celebrated here?
1: Oh gosh, that list is really long um, because there are some just incredible things happening in our schools. Um, I was able to step into summer school and I watched a whole lot of happy kids working on some math
0: skills. I love our summer school. Oh, program. it's
1: so fun! Um, I wanted to go play tennis, but you know that I had other sk- things on my schedule that day <laughs> with some of our students. And so watching that, listening to the passion that the staff and the families have about this place is something I don't even know that they people recognize is so special mm-hmm. about this mm-hmm. place. And I pointed that out actually even in the interview process to some staff that we have some things to celebrate. When I asked those four students things they were proud of in these schools and then I asked parents and staff things they were proud of in our schools, they both said almost the same thing. Right? For high school kids to understand the sense of community that is in – with being built within our schools, and for them to be able to articulate that and communicate that to an outsider, to someone they didn't really know, and then have staff describe the place in the same way, Mm -hmm. there is a power to that, that I don't think everybody realizes how special that is. And then even the community coming together again with the market, the way we've received some donations and some gifts from busiris to grow some of the programs in our schools mm-hmm. the way that we have community volunteers who come in and do demonstrations or work with students in this community super super strong um, and that is really important and um, the instructional team i know there's a podcast about this as well the work that they started doing two years ago around early literacy recently was more legislation passed Mm -hmm. around literacy Mm -hmm. and the school district of south milwaukee is ahead of the game on all of those practices in order to make sure that we are actually providing the best reading instruction to our students possible that also happens to already meet many of the parts of the new legislation so That is something to really be celebrated. We have mental health services for our students in every one of our schools that our families can access free through Mm -hmm. their insurance, right? So families can access that at school. And it doesn't cost a taxpayer in South Milwaukee a dollar. It's just an in-kind trade, and it provides access to students in our schools. Mm -hmm. Super strong. We have more career and technical education pathways than many other districts in our state.
0: Yeah, I'm blown away by that. Just the number of credits that a student can get walking out of here for free.
1: For free. And the dual credit enrollment programs and how do we make sure that our families and our students all know that those are opportunities for them. As I watch, again, our certified nursing assistant lab. That's incredible The you know, what our students are able to do on our watch. And I watch the entrepreneurial things that are going on where the students actually run the school store where you can come and buy all your rocket gear. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. They go in the back and they do billing and they bill, bill out the different teams yeah. for the jerseys that they need or the the, the staff shirts that they need or the, the baseball shirts that they need or whatever. And and they make them and they have. Yeah, they bill have part They, you know, they I get a bill when I when I order something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then when you ask those students, like, what do you plan to do? Some of them do plan to go on to be entrepreneurs and some of them. This has just been a great life experience for them in our schools and they plan to go learn and do something else. So there's so many of those. When I listen to each of the schools present around their school improvement plans in the spring, we've made some really strong academic progress in this last year. The middle school is working on a bunch of their relational pieces with students and how do we really engage students at a high level um, with some new strategies that we're having some very positive results. Mm. Um, We've increased attendance in some areas, and that's, you know, something that we'll continue to work with our broader community on. But, you know, it feels like every single thing in this community that we choose to take on and buckle down on, we do well. Right. And so that's. How do we narrow our focus to make sure that we all understand what that means for this community? That's the part we get to keep working on. But boy, is there a lot of evidence that this community gets a lot of things right.
0: Nice. Well, um, DJ Raymer, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I hope uh, hope people can hear your passion because it's, it's evident in here. Um, and we look forward to seeing what this year brings.
1: Excellent. And I'm looking forward to meeting many more of you out in the community as I'll be out and about at the market occasionally throughout the rest of the season um, and at open houses and out greeting kids in front of school. So please, please, please reach out. Come say hello as I'm anxious to get to know the families and the staff that we serve, as well as all of the students So we get the opportunity to serve in our schools.
0: Great. Well, thanks again for being here. Thanks and thank you too to our listeners of this podcast i'm excited that we're starting second the second season the way we are one of the first things to, uh that our new superintendent said to me when i met her was how she wanted to be on this podcast so she could introduce herself to the community i'm glad she did it's going to be an exciting year in our schools and on the podcast stay tuned